Of course, we weren't supposed to be on Pleisto all by ourselves. Just Weddy, Noel, Professor Joher, and me. We'd come as Professor Joher's student assistants in the little spaceship. The main exploration team, 20 people from various branches of the sciences, had come in the big spaceship. But halfway out to Pleisto, the rockets on the big ship began acting up, and they'd had to turn back for Earth or risk floating endlessly through empty space for the rest of their lives so we had gone on alone. The committee hadn't really wanted us to do it. They'd suggested that we turn back too. But the professor had been afraid that if we turned back, he'd never get this great opportunity again. He'd argued with the committee, saying that it would be a terrible waste of money for us to turn back. And finally, they said we could go ahead. Professor Joher was right about one thing. Coming out to Pleisto was a tremendous opportunity for him, the chance of a lifetime to find the answers to some of the big questions scientists had been asking about human life for centuries. Pleisto had only been discovered a decade before. It was one of three planets circling a sun called K-27. Nobody had ever paid much attention to the K-27 solar system. It was small and far away, and astronomers were a lot more interested in black holes and such. But then some young astrophysicist started to chart that area of the universe just for practice. He discovered that Pleisto was a lot like the Earth in size and distance from its sun. He checked some more and found out that Pleisto also had a mineral content in an atmosphere almost identical to the Earth's. Of course, When that came out, it caused a huge stir. Everybody wanted to visit Pleisto. Geologists, botanists, zoologists, you name it. So the committee was formed, and scientists began to go. They discovered immediately what they suspected they'd find, that there was life on Pleisto. Once this came out, the committee set up very strict rules about how everything was to be done. Basically. They were scared that humans would bring in bacteria that could kill off whole populations of animals or vegetation, or maybe exudes from the spaceships would unbalance the atmosphere, or the presence of humans would scare animals out of their natural habitats and cause changes in the ecological system. We'd seen it happen on Earth often enough when some chemical pollution would kill off the algae in a lake. The little fish that depended on the algae would die off. After that, the big fish that ate the little fish would go, and then the diving birds that ate the big fish, and the snakes that ate the bird's eggs, one by one they'd go too, until the lake was just dead water. Anyway, the committee was cautious, and explorations went along slowly. But after the first five years, just about the time I was starting in with Professor Joher, we could tell pretty well that Pleisto was almost a replica of the Earth as it had been in Pleistocene times, about two million years ago. Oh, it wasn't all the same. Pleisto rotated on its axis a little more slowly than the Earth, so that it had a 33-hour day, with the nights colder and the days hotter. Its circuit around the sun was longer too, taking nearly 500 of its days, so that the seasons were longer but it was just amazing how much Pleisto was like the Earth in most ways. It meant that going out to Pleisto was like going back into the Earth's past.
you could actually see and touch the world of two million years ago. And of course, Professor Johur was crazy to go. He'd spent all of his life studying ancient men, the early hominids that modern humans are descended from. I guess he was recognized as one of the top people in his field. But all of his study had been done from fossil bones, from stone tools, from examining the refuse in million-year-old campsites where ancient men had once hunted, fished, butchered their kills, lived, and died. And the big question was, were there any examples of ancient hominids, so-called cavemen, still alive on Pleisto? The first explorers found no trace of them, but that wouldn't satisfy the professor. They were mostly geologists, chemists, botanists. Only somebody who really knew how ancient people lived would know where to look for them.